We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast on the way back from Rochdale AFC away. Newcastle of um, and a, a plucky draw and an FA Cup third round replay. It's me and Dodsey in the car back, full of, full of joy after that wonderful performance. I wish any of that was was true, Dodsey. Um, what what happened? Uh, we we were so good in the first half. We were comfortable. We just looked like the far superior side. How have we come away needing to play this lot again? I think it's uh, it's more before and we'll, before we get into the game and we will analyse the game and particularly the pathetic reaction from the manager to Rochdale, who seemed to have a more proactive, tactically astute manager than us, making changes at the half time and even before. Like, you know, Rochdale joined Blackburn, Birmingham City, um, Brighton, Oxford, Oxford Stevenage, and Hull City, and a Brighton, cu- again. Brighton again, and a couple of other sides. Newcastle United have either failed to beat or, or needed a replay to beat under Mike Ashley's tenure. So, as much as and we will get into it all because that's what we're here to talk to you about, listeners. Like the issues are bigger. It's like you can't just put it down to injuries again. You can't just put it down to missing chances or a bit of bad luck with their goal or or the players being shite. Yeah, we'll get into it later, but it's not Joe Linton's fault that this has happened again. Yeah, it's not. You can't just put it down to one manager and one player. And even one year, it happens every single year without fail. And and, and I'll reel off those teams there, stick Watford reserves in the mix. The teams that knock us out of the FA Cup aren't like Man City, Arsenal, yeah. Man United. Like the, the, There's a deeper malaise at the club, which is everyone, everyone, us... You people listening, the players, the manager, the people that run the club, everyone knows that the FA Cup doesn't really matter. And if it mattered, we wouldn't be on the way home from fucking 18th place Rochdale in League One, needing to play them again, just to have the right to play someone else in the fourth round. No, you're absolutely right, and I think I think it's it's become a cultural thing at Newcastle. Any player who's been here three or four years will now look at the FA Cup third round with the same kind of lack of enthusiasm for it as, as we do as like you said as, as the whole club has for so long it's a club thing it's, it's been happening for years football fans treat it le- with, with less importance for obvious reasons you know every every Premier League home ground will be half as full as it would be on a, on a league day it's not just a Newcastle thing however we've we've let it fall so far down the the priorities list that this this just keeps happening and keeps happening um, 
I'll, I'll come back down the injury slightly. I think this is a, a symptom of the Mike Ashley era that every time we get to January after the Christmas fixture crunch, we're always sat with, with hardly any players left because of the way we, we basically always have 13 or 14 good players and the rest of the squad is, is making up the numbers and we always end up having to field players who aren't good enough, who aren't good enough. And, you know, we'll put a strong team out today, but these some of these players have barely kicked the ball this season and they've been asked to come in and, uh, and do a job against a side who whilst in League One all their players will be match fit they'll all be expecting they'll all know what they're doing whereas we're always cobbling together a side with an experimental formation with players who who just aren't match fit and are knackered and the ones who have been playing over Christmas are knackered so there's lots of reasons why we're, we're in this exact same position again and yet go on go on like Rochdale played the same number of games as we have over Christmas Rochdale had a 40 year old playing like like I, I get it, and we'll come on to it. Particularly, the, the, there was a few lads there. Particularly, Joe Linton in the second half looked absolutely fucking nagged. But <laughs> like the the quality that you possess as a professional with a manager who's paid millions and players that are paid millions should sh- shouldn't even be a conversation. Shouldn't even come into it. I know, I know what you're saying. I, I agree that we'll come to the FA Cup knackered and weary after a, a normally dreadful uh, dreadful Christmas period. But again, it's it's because we're we're a threadbare squads, over reliance on certain players, and like the only positive to come from today was the reemergence of looking at Matt Ritchie, who who looks like a good player again. But like, it's just the same old shit every single year, isn't it? I mean, there's a few things as the game went on, but I, I just thought by the 60th minute we looked knackered, and I'm talking about your Christian Atsus, who's barely kicked the ball this season. Yeah. Matty Longstaff's come back in the team out of nowhere. You know, these are players who. Just, I mean, Hayden's playing out of position. Keys had to come off the bench, not, not kicked a ball all season. Muto, only like his third start of the season. These are players who aren't used to playing 90 minutes for Newcastle this season, and that, that, that's a fact. But I mean, we'll, we'll get into the game because, in spite of all of the things we've just said, in the first half, we never looked like losing. We were so good, we were so comfortable. Christian Atsu had the game of his life first half. He had the beating of their right back to the point where, after 30 minutes, he was subbed off. The right back was having such a mare. Um, we were excellent the goal we scored was very good Almiron good to see him get another goal um, there was lots of good build up the long staffs looked comfortable in midfield everything was working the formation was working Hayden, Fernandez, and Kraft were the back three and that was working Yedlin and Atsu on the wings we had good balance across the team and we looked really comfortable from there I don't really understand how over the course of maybe 30 minutes by by midway through the second half that had all gone to shit so, I mean, I don't know, do you want to begin to dissect what happened um, over the course of that match that resulted in us being by far the worst side by the end of the game? Before the game, and it's on the match day for Castle Patrons, so it's there, we, we questioned playing three centre-backs today. When we, I mean, I've never seen Rochdale before. Didn't do any research into Rochdale, but I knew they'd play 4 because everyone plays 4 at that level and they'd have two massive centre-backs and they'd have a big lad up front and all of those predictions came true yeah. not difficult and we, we thought why are you were playing with three centre-backs when even players like Matty and Sean Longstaff are better than their players it seems a little bit off and to be fair you know we said at half-time on the Matchday podcast we got it wrong Bruce has got this right the two wing-backs were getting so much space Matty and Sean Longstaff were running the game in the centre of the pitch um, Joe Linton was having chances Muto was in the game without doing too much and, and you're right it was really bad that would 
we're only 1-0 up at half-time, we didn't put the game to bed, and what we said is, if we'd had Andy Carroll playing or a decent striker, it would probably be more than 1-up at half-time. Unfortunately, you know, the opposition manager has made the kind of proactive changes that would just you would never see out of manager making in a million years. Yeah. He's he's brought on a big lad up front, but he, he's, he's, he put men further forward, the press does much more in the second half, and they, they exploited the space in between our defence, which was static, and our midfield. Now, just, just a point on the two lads you said who looked quite tired. I've got no idea where Matty Longstaff and Christian Atsu were playing in the second half. Yeah. And, and to be fair to Christian Atsu, when Matt Ritchie came on, he did not know where he was playing. He didn't have a clue. He didn't know if he was playing right wing, left wing, sorry. Is he playing as a striker? Is he playing as a number 10? Is he playing in midfield in a three? Like, he, he kept turning around and looking at Matt Ritchie and looking at the other players. And he kept, like, looking across to the bench. He did not know where he was playing. Contrast that to Rochdale, the mighty Rochdale. All of their players knew exactly what they were doing in the yeah. second half. And to be fair to Rochdale, I was reading some stuff in the build-up, and I think they are a, a bit of a passing side normally. Their managers got them in and said, lads, let's just play our normal game. Let's play it out from the back. Let's stop with the stupid long balls um, down the channels. And he put he put his big lads on our full-backs. Really simple stuff. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast would, would be capable of making those changes at half-time. But what, what did we do to respond? And Bruce is going to say that we had injuries to Almiron and Muto. But the game had already turned before then. Yeah. I know the, the injuries have again been a little bit of a let-off. I mean, in terms of proactively changing the game, the, the 17-year-old lad who they brought on to mark Christianatsu because the other lad was having such a mare was clearly given instructions like, right, don't commit, just stand off him, show him down the line, and he'll run out of ideas, and that's quickly what happened. They basically nullified Atsu, who had been so effective throughout the entire of the first half, and that young 17-year-old lad is the one who gets in behind Hayden and sets up their goal in the end. Just just ridiculous. Like The the manager saw a a glaring problem in their team and fixed it, and like you say, the the big lad up front just just came on and and caused problems. It was like, well, they've got three centre-halves, so if you just go down one of the sides, they're not sure what to do. They just made us look like fucking non-league footballers, like by by the end. Uh, I totally agree. I think the Atsu situation was was weird. He looked tired, but you're right. He also looked lost. He looked confused, and there wasn't really visibly instructions coming from the bench. There wasn't any kind of reaction to the fact that the, so many players looked out of position. We said the same about um, Longstaff in the second half. It looked like he was sort of on the right of a midfield three. He didn't know whether he was sort of playing down the wing. If he was. He, he wasn't coming inside and being part of the midfield. It just all the players looked confused by the 60th minute, and that was never resolved for the next 30 minutes. It was just a shambles. You have to remember. You have. You have to remember, Sai. Steve Bruce only plays this formation because it's all the lads can do. That's what he says. I don't understand how he couldn't react to that and think, well, I've got, I've got Isaac Hayden, I've got Kraft, and I've got um, Fernandez. Why not just go to fort the back in the second half to try and win the game? Why not just go to four at the back and get hold of midfield, which were totally overrun in midfield in the second half. And Rochelle should have won that game. Rochelle had the better chances in the second half, even though we should have been out of sight at half-time. There's not, like you, you say, they're looking over to the bench. And, and Matty Longstaff had a really good game in the first half in central midfield. I feel sorry for him that he's been hoid on like a mid-right wing position, but also expected to play, like support Joe Litton and play in midfield. Like what good is that doing him? Him and Sean Longstaff were excellent in the first half, ran the game. And rather than just going, all right, okay, well, I'll play, like, for example, I'll play Hayden and Fernandez as a back two, and then I'll play Kraft and Yedlin as my fullbacks and push Atu forward, and then when Matt Ritchie comes on, he can play further forward. He's got lads running, running around not having a clue 
where they're playing or what they're doing and like it's just it comes across it, 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 to me I know everyone listening to this has probably watched it on telly so maybe what I've always saying is it looked like they had the better manager than us today yeah and he will say he was forced in the substitutions and the substitutions didn't help you know Joe Linton was playing better when he had Almir on and Muto running off him and giving him a bit more kind of space as soon as he was as soon as Muto was taken out of the game and uh, Almiron had to go off and like I say we didn't really know who was playing in the front front two or three or whatever it was by the end it didn't help Joe Linton he got more and more isolated as the game went on the crowd turned on him and we will talk about Joe Linton's performance in particular in more detail but yeah the, the, the subs killed with because I mean Matt, Matt Ritchie came on he had a positive impact on the game he was very good he slotted in a left wing back it looked like he'd never been away which is the position he, he which like, get Matt Ritchie further forward he comes on ability to deliver a ball what's he playing fucking left back for like yeah the pitch. And which which just absolutely basically took Atsu out of the game yeah. just just killed him um, and yeah between Atsu and uh, and Ritchie because Ritchie was basically playing as a deep wing back as he as he often did when he was when he was playing regularly their fullback suddenly had a really easy game on his hands and no one was running at him and it was just it just it just felt a bit uh, Sean Langstaff started having to cover loads more ground he was playing all over the pitch seemingly on his own in centre midfield it just like you say it, it just makes our manager look even more lacking in his tactical now than we thought he might have been at the start of the season um, which brings us to to another I mean the, the, the biggest problem with Newcastle have now I think is, is yet to be addressed which is the crowd turn today I think that was a really really obvious I mean it, it happens in every FA Cup third round because every time this happens we get pissed off the fans get pissed off and, and kind of rightly so but Joe Linton had a alright first half he had two or three decent chances he had one really good one where he ran through and should have done better and he's put it wide he's had a couple of headers and he's generally done okay but you'd like to think he would have taken one of the chances as the second half wore on and as we got more frustrated even before they scored he just he just started having a mare he had a few really bad touches he, he headed a ball out of play when he was under no pressure and he looked like his head completely dropped that coincided with the fans really really starting to get on him I mean there was frustration in the Newcastle end which was actually one side of the pitch because of the size of the stadium there was frustration showing it was boiling over on the pitch the players looked a bit frustrated and the atmosphere just got really really toxic within the Newcastle crowd and I'm not I'm not saying that people don't have the right to be angry but it, it didn't help and it definitely didn't help Joe Linton and it definitely didn't help some of the players whose heads started to drop the long staffs looked a bit more flustered everything suddenly became a bit more panicked and the, I think the only thing Steve Bruce tried to tell the lads to do was, was to slow it down just, just calm down don't do anything rash but it just led to mistakes because suddenly there was a bit of pressure suddenly there was a bit of, of um, a bit of an atmosphere a bit of a negativity over the over the team and Joe Linton looked the worst affected and unfortunately for him we couldn't take him off he needed to come off after 60 minutes but we're not going to just chuck on Sorensen when we're we're sure if we're going to win the game he had to finish the game and he needed a goal and that didn't come and it just got worse and worse for him he was getting I would describe it as dogs abuse by the end of the game Joe Linton he was getting really really basically heckled by the whole crowd get him off it's not going to help the lad I mean he was poor he was really really poor and even if you're starting to lose heart and you're starting to feel tired to, to show that to visibly show that he was stopped making the effort didn't help and he, he it just it's it's not going to happen for him which is a real worry yeah there's a lot to talk about there number one that was as toxic a way and as I've been in probably since I mean the worst ones for me would be Oxford away 
Birmingham under Rafa the same season in the cup when we drew 1-1 probably Everton away under McLaren um, I was really bad at the end there. we actually left early didn't we because we left on when the board went up because we are just like we, we knew we weren't going to score we knew we weren't going to score um, Bruce had basically accepted a point by this stage but um, I think you're right about Joe Litton first half my worry about Joe Litton is you said before the game side match day podcast for parents we need to see players like Matty Longstaff look better than them Sean Longstaff look better than them Christian Atsu players who aren't in our first team but they should be better than 18th place Rochdale in League 1 and to be fair in the first half that did happen they ran the game they were the good players in the pitch everyone looked a yard quicker a bit stronger apart from Joe Linton who was still shoved off the ball who still couldn't really win any headers still couldn't really link play very well and he, and he had two or three chances that he, he's got to score at that level and, and put the game to bed and I'm going to stick up from to an extent in terms of like I agree with you like as frustrating as it was and you know it's not easy for us to say we've got up on a Saturday morning and drove down to Rochdale and used up a whole day watching another shite performance from Newcastle paid for the ticket paid for the fuel so we're in the away end like you said to a lad behind who was Adam from the start doesn't actually like I don't know what positives are to be drawn by verbally abusing your own players like I get it and I understand it we're there we're in the away end with you and it's frustrating but calling him a cunt saying he's shite saying, he's, saying he spends more time in his fucking hair whatever the people around us were saying I don't, I don't apart from releasing your own frustrations I don't understand what that does now I'm not trying to criticise too many people because it, like it was frustrating when we were there the problem with Joe Linton is you're right he looked knackered after 60 did he play the full game against Leicester? I have a feeling he might have with 10 men in the second half and I understand I think did he play every I think he played every game over the Christmas yeah. period so like I get it he's tired but that's you know he, he he looked he was getting visibly frustrated with his teammates and like there was a point in the second half where there was one of their big centre-backs was tying his lace I don't know why he was so deep but basically Joe Linton would have been through one-on-one and Key just had to play the ball in front of him and Key, Key hit the ball too hard and Joe Linton's reaction there wasn't the reaction of a a bloke who was keeping his head it was a kind of like petulant child jumping up and down on the spot thinking this is never going to work for me and then you saw at the end we, what we needed there from Joe Linton it's it's not just about fans letting him down he's let us down because we needed someone to hold the ball up to give those two centre-backs of Rochdale a game and it was an easy afternoon for them really in terms of play, playing against Joe Linton and you'd think Andy Carroll or Dwight Gale today get a goal particularly Andy Carroll um, but it's the same thing again. Like, who never plays FA Cup third round weekends? Annie Carroll, John Joe Shelby, Dwight get like Gale. It's the same, same shit, different year. You know, it's as annoyed as we want to get with Joe Linton. Um, he's our only fit striker, and that's why pe- people were saying take him off. And it's like, who for Sorensen, who, who couldn't get a game at Carlisle or yeah. Crew or wherever he was last, last season as well. Who, who was playing? Well, I'm not saying, but like, it's, it, it's a. Uh, the, the issue is bigger than Joe Linton and getting into him people are saying he cost 40 million I don't think he cost 40 million I think the club don't mind us thinking he cost 40 million because it, it's like where's the money gob type thing well there's no way he could cost 40 million man 15, 20 million maybe maybe but even if he did cost 40 million and even if you do want him to work a bit harder and do the things that Carroll does like tear around into centre backs and all that kind of stuff if he's not good enough which it's starting to look like he's not he's not good enough like the problems lie above him and I appreciate people kind of fucking get it Steve Bruce um, what's his name is it Nixon or Charnley or Ashley when you're in the away end at Rochdale and it's, it's an easy target but like if he's shite 
like literally grown men, thousands of grown men, losing their shit over it. I don't know how that helps anyone. Yeah, and that, that's the point I was getting at. I mean, again, like like you say, we, we felt the exact same frustration. We were talking to ourselves about how Puri was playing, but we, we didn't want to vocalise that because it's not going to help. Um, he wasn't the only one. I mean, there was. It, it got to the point, and this is how. This is when relegations happen. When our crowd turns like this, I've I've never seen it so so vitriolic. When when passes are misplaced, or even when we try to go up one side, we will get shut down. We will go back to the centre halves, and people start groaning and reacting to to us not attacking quick enough. And it it gets really really worrying when our crowd is getting so short tempered so quickly. And again. I'm not saying we shouldn't be. The football has been really, really poor for for many, many weeks now, and it's really worrying. And if, if something doesn't change, we're going to find ourselves in real trouble. Um, it's, 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 it's. It, this is this, as I said. This is when relegations happen. When the when the crowd turns and players like Joe Linton have seemingly lost the fan base, it's it's hard to come back from. But we're, we're going to need him this season. We're not going to replace him in January. We're not going to buy a new striker who's going to score 30 goals for. Her. He's our strike of the season, and if we, if we don't get something out of him for the rest of the season, we're basically playing with an, with one man less, and that that's no good considering that Andy Carroll will not be fit. Gale looks like he might be on his way. Muto clearly, whilst he can do a bit of running for us, he's not he's not a Premier League player. We've we've just got we've we've got to rely on this lad, and we need to get behind him. Um, as frustrating as it might be, I mean, in an ideal world, he comes out the team for a bit, but we haven't got that luxury, and I, I just don't think Steve Bruce will. <laughs> will be banging on the door for Lee Charney to, to, to solve that problem. That's the point. If you're, if you're Steve Bruce and you'd be made to come to Rochdale and play like Emil Kraft at centre-back and, you know, Christian Atsu and uh, a 19-year-old kid, he should be going to Lee Charney and saying, this isn't good enough. We've got money. We're 30 million from Perez. We've got all the Premier League money this season. We should be able to go out there, flog a couple of players quickly, get rid of... If, if Key, Atsu and Dwight Gale and Mudo aren't in his plans, get rid of them. And get some like decent footballers and don't you don't have to spend 30 40 million just get some players who can contribute you know what's damning about joe Litton? we'd have been better off today if hostler was playing yeah and that's true i mean we've talked about it all season <laughs> and it hasn't changed i don't know why people are surprised everyone has been saying all season he's not a center forward he's not a target man he's not a center forward he played okay first off as a front two with muto but just okay but I don't know what we're expecting. I don't know what Steve Bruce thought he was getting from this player who, who seemingly played on the left of a front three and played 30 games in the Bundesliga, scoring seven. You know, it's he was never going to come in be prolific. I mean, I think we're a bit concerned about how little we've got out of him so far, but he's 22, he's come into a new league, new language, in a really bad team with a manager who isn't really going to get the best out of him. And that's me being kind to Steve Bruce. I could say much worse things. In a, a side that doesn't create chances, with lots of players who should have been replaced when we got promoted from the championship, and other players who just aren't good enough, and it's 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 really harsh to to hang this on Joe Linton, and it feels like that was the the kind of narrative today, which I don't want it to be. the The narrative is is like you said at the top of the show, Newcastle United attitude towards the FA Cup and how we keep putting ourselves in this position year on year on year. So I don't want to talk about Joe Linton too much more. Um, I mean, do you want to talk about the day? Rochdale as a town, a nice little place, a, a, a proper little old stadium. But I, I just, I've never known a football match like it where in the first half we were laughing at how bad they were. We were laughing, saying, 
I wish it were the Mackums. We get to play teams like this every week. It, it's it's unbelievable how quickly that's that's changed. And as you say, credit to Rochdale and their manager for for reacting to the game. And I don't know what the what the logic behind sticking a forty year old bloke on up front for the half was, but it, it worked. I mean, it, it 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 did more than any of the changes we did. Well, it it also pinned our fullbacks back yeah. by by putting big lads on them and making them drift out wide. It meant that we were less willing to get those lads forwards. But uh, I mean, you know, the days like a day are supposed to be fun. You're supposed to come as a Premier League team and win that game. And you know what? Like teams draw against lower league sides. I think this lot got a draw against Spurs a couple of years ago. So like, it, it happens. I think they might be in the League Two at the time. So it's that's a thing. It's you can we can analyse this game in half time and subs and tactics as much as we want. Ultimately, it's an endemic problem in Newcastle United and will be as long as Mike Ashley remains in charge. We might, well, say we might, we should win the replay. We should win the replay. Joe Litton should score in the replay. Um, we might get a, I don't even know, we might get like Cardiff at home if they're still in the cup in the fourth round and then you're in the FA Cup fifth round and you're one round away from a, a quarter final and you might get, I don't even know, Watford at home or away and they're not asked about it like we weren't last year. So it's not a disaster today it feel, it felt like it walking away from the ground and it felt like it considering how dominant we were in the first half and how much better they were than us in the second but but like it's just shite isn't it at the minute Sporting Newcastle it's shite no you're right about um, this This isn't a, an isolated incident as far as the FA Cup goes especially in recent years and I think MK Dons was it MK Dons that uh, knocked up Man U or, or took them to 4-4 or something these things do happen and more frequently nowadays because the bottom half of the Premier League doesn't really want to be in the FA Cup. The top half of the Championship doesn't really want to be in the FA Cup. And for teams like Rochdale, staying in the Cup as long as you can is is something to buzz about when you're in the lost in the middle of League One. So they were up for it. They their fans got behind the team, and they just just looked like they wanted it more, especially in the last half an hour when we seemingly had, had just completely taken our foot off the gas. And that's a problem for Steve Bruce to address. If, if the players have stopped trying, that's for him and his coaching staff to to bollocks some some players and. And say that's not good enough. I hope he does do that, because um, the, the 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 desire was there for Rochdale in the last twenty minutes, and it wasn't for Newcastle. And all right, the crowd didn't help, but just uh, the, the whole the whole thing just fell apart. Um, so yeah, fair play to to plucky Rochdale for for giving us a game. It's it's nice to see teams like that make make a make a noise in the FA Cup, but fucking hell, it's frustrating for us. Uh, I don't know. If there's much more to say about about it. Like I say, we've got a replay now. We've got another game, and to be honest, it might break up what's going to be a horrible month of fixtures. A, a nice home win in the FA Cup replay might be might be a blessing. It might be just what we need. But this has been the uh, the, the True Faith FA Cup special podcast. Thanks very much for listening. See you later, Dodgy. We might lose the replay. No, we won't. We won't. <laughs> Cheers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.